Hello and welcome to the Grace Avenue Church Podcast. As you listen to this message, I pray that you're built up, encouraged through God's Word, and I pray that His Holy Spirit leads you and guides you in the way that you should go. I pray that He gives you answers for your questions, healing and help for your life. Most importantly, I pray that this Word helps you to become more like Jesus and a greater influence for Him in our church and in your world. Now, let's grow together. Enjoy the message. Good morning, church. How are we doing today? Great to have you. Great to have you. Hey, I'm excited. Do me a favor. Before you sit down, and even though you sit down, go ahead and stand up. And welcome to the stage with me, Pastor Alex Fleming of Life Restored Church, Andrew Delgado, Pastor Henry. Come on up, guys. I am sharing the stage with these guys today and honored, and you'll see why here in just a minute. So yeah, go ahead and, go ahead and be seated. Thank you so much for being with us. Uh, didn't Janelle do incredible last week? Didn't Janelle do incredible, right? She should do that more, amen? Amen, amen. Maybe next week, amen? Okay. All right. Glad you are here today. I'm so excited to have this great group of guys here with me. We're going to jump into the topic today um, about God's heart for the poor. God's heart for the poor. And I wanted to bring this today, this topically, and, uh, and just I pray that it, it really is not just informational, but I pray that today through this, this panel of, of guys, this becomes transformational in your life. Not just inspirational, but really it, it starts to set in. And, and, and change something in you. So I'm going to jump straight into the word here, Matthew chapter 25. Um, this is Jesus speaking. And he says this, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you as a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison? Or go to visit you. And then the king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Okay? Um, and, and Jesus goes on to, to say in this next part of the, of the passage that, you know, if we ignore the plight of the poor, uh, we're actually ignoring him. That we ignore the needs of others, we're actually ignoring him. I'll read it to you. It won't be up here. Um, it's definitely a slap in the face. I'm just giving you a heads up. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. And they also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? And he will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. So in the first part, he says, if you did this for people in need, you did this for me. And then he says, if you did not do this for people, you did not do this for me. So it's such a powerful 
clear picture of God's heart for the poor, God's heart for people who've been through so much. And 1 John chapter 3, verse 17 says, If anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Now, these days, a lot of times poverty or the poor, this can be politicized and weaponized. But that's not what this is about. Today is not about politics. Poverty is not about politics. Helping people in need is not about politics. How they got there, etc. That can be argued all day, uh, etc. This is God's heart for the poor. Not necessarily how they got there or why they got there or whether it's systems or whether it's this or that or whether more funding should be going, funding should be going into this particular area of town or this district. That's up to politicians and voters. God is not focused on that. God's focused on his people responding to the needs of people who are in dire need. And he clearly explains that. And then Proverbs 31. Open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of all who are destitute. Open your mouth. Judge righteously. Defend the rights of the poor and the needy. In Luke 12, Jesus says, sell your possessions and give them to the poor. He's talking to someone and various people at times where there's be- this is what's in between them moving forward to follow him. It's their possessions. And so he would call that out. You say, okay, if that is what is in between, sell your possessions, give them to the poor. But look what he said. He didn't say sell your possessions and make all the money you can. He said sell your possessions and give to the poor. Testing the very heart of someone who is wrapped up in their possessions. Why? Because our possessions, a lot of time, possess us. They grab hold of us. Things that we work for, uh, now we work for them. <laughs> Are you with me? And it can, it can rattle us. It can imprison us. And before you know it, we're slaves to things that used to be entertainment. Things that used to be a blessing become uh, the prison warden over us. Right? Proverbs 21. Whoever closes his ear to the cry of the poor will himself call out and not be answered. Okay? So, um, obviously, God has a heart for the poor. And he explains it so clearly in so many different uh, passages throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, Proverbs, various things where God expresses his heart so clearly for us to see, for us to be able to lean in and actually do something about it. Uh, We don't have to wonder what God's heart is for people who are suffering. He explains it clearly. Um, And years ago, there was a a pastor of a very influential church here in Texas uh, that ended up becoming huge and, and, and very impactful in the last generation. And I remember hearing a sermon from him probably about 20 years ago. And he said that when he was starting this church and when he was responding to the call of God on his life, that there were some uh, wealthy people that said, hey, we've got a great idea. Uh, We have the money. We have the backing. We have the land. You should move over here to this side of town. Plant right here. There'll be plenty of financial support. There'll be plenty of people who can back you up. There's plenty of businesses and money and people will support and you'll do something great right here in this part of town, an affluent part of town. And he said he went home with that and then he chewed on that for a while. And as he began to pray, he just, it didn't sit right with him. And he came back and then he told the church and he told the people who he was starting with, uh, we're not going to start on the rich side of town. We're actually going to move to the poor side of town and make the rich people drive to us. <laughs> are you with me? Because the poor are not going to be able to afford to come over here and they're not going to be able to anyway. So we're going to make people who can't afford it come over to see us. Now, when we say that word rich, often we think rich means people who are extremely wealthy. 
But I want to just balance the scales for us today. Just really, really get us to think. Uh, every single one of us in this room is rich, spiritually and financially. Okay? You're like, Daniel, you don't know how much I owe on my student loans. I'm like, but you're still rich because you got the loan. You got into the career or you're trying to get into an opportunity. You got into it. Uh, and if you look at the scale of poverty across the world and the three billion at this very moment as we sit in a church with some air conditioning, right? And you'll go to lunch after this and you'll get a meal and you'll go home to a nice cozy bed. There's three billion people across the world at this very moment who make less than $2 a day. And so what you make in a day, what you make in a week, uh, some people will never make in, in, a, in a year or much less their lifetime. That's right. Think about that. So when you, when you scale it down and, and balance that out, you, you realize in this lifetime, this one life that God has given you, you are not one of those three billion people. You are blessed. I am blessed, right? Y'all don't sound too excited or convinced about that. You're blessed, amen? Say, I'm blessed. You're blessed in Jesus' name. You have a lot. So um, God commands generosity. He commands it. He doesn't, he doesn't leave it for us to, to leave in limbo. He commands generosity. In 2 Corinthians, he says, God loves a cheerful giver. Each person must decide. Not, not wonder and just think about forever, but each person must decide in their own heart what they are to give. So as God's church, we're to be thinking about that, but then we're supposed to come to a place of decision and decide how we're going to use the resources God has poured into our life to build this kingdom, to build the church, right? Um, Pastor Alex Fleming from Life Restored Church uh, downtown is with me today, along with some other great guys here. You may know them. Pastor Henry, who was just up here. And uh, why are you up here? We, didn't, we weren't supposed to have you up here. Like, Snuck in behind. Snuck in. How many of you know Andrew Delgado, one of the greatest dudes on the planet? Great guy. Um, so, Pastor Alex, uh, you're an incredible friend. We've known each other for a long time, since back in the day. Uh, I actually remember being a youth pastor and, and, and knowing you back then when you were at another church and seeing you there and meeting you there with a group of guys. And you were in your, what, mid-20s? And you're now in your, what, ripe old 40s? Are you... Mid you've, we've known each other that long. Jeez, you are old. I'm not that old, but you're that old. <laughs> we've known each other a long time. I know I don't look it. You don't look it. No, no, no. So, sexy pastor award goes to you today. Yes. He 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 cut the shirt a little bit extra to show those biceps. It was actually a long sleeve, and Here then he, he trimmed it before. You show off. Hold back, brother. Your time will come. Uh, <laughs> Pastor Alex is one of the greatest hearts I've ever met. Uh, when we met well over a decade ago, when we actually sat down over a decade ago, right around the time Grace Avenue was starting, I just I listened to him. He was starting to work. He felt called. And I was just chewing on some stuff with him, just kind of bouncing off some ideas, trying to help whoever I could. And he at that time told me, you know, I have a heart for the homeless. I just want to help the homeless. I said, okay. This is a different type of ministry. This is not the average church. A lot of people don't want to be around the homeless. So you know what you're up against. And he said he did, but you probably didn't know what you were up against. But he has not only stuck with that, 
but he stayed true to it the entire time that I've known him. And God has done incredible work through his life, his ministry, and through uh, all his connections and what he does now. And I'm going to let him tell you a little bit about that here in a second. But uh, let, let's talk about um, what you do. Let's just give people some insight into what you do. Yeah, um, so we minister to the poor, residential poverty and homeless poverty. And so, you know, we provide food, meals, clothes, um, showers for the homeless. Um, we have an average of five homeless a year that get saved, get jobs, get off the street and get into their own places of residence. And, um, you know, we, we do that, but we, we call it rehumanization. You know what I mean? You treat somebody like an animal, they act like an animal. But you treat them with humanity, you remind them of, of who they are. And every person has that glory, every Christian has the glory of God in them. And you'll be surprised that when you're in the right atmosphere, that light just shines and it literally transforms people's lives. And it's easier than what you would think. Um, but yeah, so. Incredible, incredible. And um, you also do something called the Winter Shelter, which we, you've been working on for quite some time. Tell them yes. about that. Yeah, so the winter shelter, man, the, the, way, the way the winter shelter, what it is, is we go and we train other churches and ministries and other homeless ministries how to open up their facility to let in the homeless when it's 32 degrees or below. Overnight, we have all the processes, procedures, cover liability, all of that, and we've seen a lot of great life change happen through that. And the way that started for us is um, I heard about a homeless guy that froze you know, uh, about like, uh, you know, six, seven years ago, he froze in the cold and I'm giving the Sunday morning announcements and I felt the devour of God, which is the burden of the Lord. It's different than an unction or a leading of the Holy Spirit. It literally shakes you to your core. And God said, you're going to take in the homeless today. Never did it. Didn't know who to ask. I, I was scared. I thought the homeless was this big gang. They're going to come in. You know, I could take maybe two or three, you know, uh, maybe four on a good day. But, you know, you got 20, 50. I was like, Every service, the number goes up of how many he could take. <laughs> and I'm thinking these guys are going to rob all our, our music equipment. And uh, but we did it. And I told our church because they were concerned. I said, we're going to take in the homeless. They, they had a look of fright um and i said i understand that concern i understand it but right now i understand what paul meant when he said i'm a slave to jesus christ i have no say in the matter and so we took in the homeless that night the citizens of san antonio rallied behind us food blankets the whole nine and uh, we knew that okay we've tapped into the vein of god and uh, we need to stay here yeah that's incredible and so he's continued it yeah let's give him a hand so he put that together from the ground up and has began to do that and work with other churches around the city. And we always try to encourage him and, 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 and just be a blessing to him however we can. Uh, but we partnered together this last year uh, with Grace Avenue. And, and earlier, I guess a little over a year ago, we just started talking more and say, and I was saying, how can Grace Avenue have a consistent, a consistent um, role month after month or as much as we can affecting San Antonio? How can we help? Where can we help? Because we, we, we can you know, sign up for this and that, various outreaches, but how do we develop relationship with people who are already connected, who are already doing the work 10 times better and have the systems and processes? And so we've been behind that. So the outreach that you're a part of that you see where we go and we feed uh, once a month, uh, Pastor Alex helped open the doors for all of that. So again, thank you so much for doing that and helping us. 
get strategized and, and consistent in that. But, but what, what stirs your heart for all this? What, how did you come about to, to have such a heart for people, the, most, the least of these? Man, you know, when you study the scriptures, like if you read your Bible, there's no way you cannot help the poor. I mean, uh, um, it's just time and time again, consistently through there. Um, and so for me, it was, you know, I was born in that area that we serve, you know, um, grew up, you know, uh, violence, poverty, um, the whole nine. And, and I, I hated being poor. I was like, dude, I hate this. I hate you know, waking up underneath the Buena Vista Bridge, you know, we lived right in front of there, seeing homeless under there. Man, Mexican Mafia in the 80s would dump dead bodies there. So, like, it was just violence, you know. And so I was like, man, I hate this. But I didn't know. Some of our church were just like, what church are we in? Where are we? Where is the back door? But tell them about some of the upbringing with the shootings yeah, and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, you know, I would see my dad uh, um, shooting at people in front of our house, you know, as they're driving by, just leaving people in puddles of blood. And uh, the agoge is uh, what it's called in the Spartan um, culture. Uh, and so I was like, man, I hate this. But I didn't know that God was using that to set me up for what we're doing now. And I just want to say, like, the thing that, that you hate, maybe something bad you're, you've been through or are going through, when you surrender that to God and you let him redeem it, it was no longer for nothing. He'll turn that around, and, and it turns in from, that then becomes your precursor for whatever promotion that God has for you. So don't despise small beginnings and trust God. And that's how we got started in that, man. Just following the breadcrumbs of God is what I call it. Amen. Amen. Wow. So God sees our generosity. God sees our generosity. That's the, the second point I want to make. Uh, Proverbs 19 says, Whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord, and God will repay them for his deed. God sees it. Okay? So God sees our generosity. He, he works more uh, like an accountant than he does like a supervisor. Because he sees and he counts and he, he understands what we give. Uh, Luke 21 shows us this. Jesus looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the offering box and saw a poor widow who put in two small copper coins. And he said, truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all of them, more than the affluent had put in because it came from her heart. For, out, for they contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. God sees what's in our hand God sees what we give. God sees what's in our hand. God sees what we don't give. God sees what's in our hand. God sees what we won't give. God sees what's in our hand. God sees what we refuse to give. Okay? He sees it. Um, Pastor Henry, you've been working uh, over this last year a lot with Pastor Alex. We put you guys together, and we've been working to get this outreach going. Why don't you tell uh, us a little bit about how that's been going and maybe tell a story of something that impacted you. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, honored to share the stage with such great men of God that have a heart for the poor. It's actually spurred something in me. Um, but um, I wanted to share, I didn't get a chance to share this in the first service, but just kind of how how close of my heart is to that community as well. My grandmother on my mother's side actually grew up in the Alazan courts. And it, uh, Thorion was one of the streets that she lived on. And she moved you know, from public housing to public housing within the neighborhood. So uh, it, it is kind of funny how um, I was recently telling Pastor Daniel how much I want to get away from the area. But God chooses to bring you right back to the people he wants, he has a heart for. And um, it, it's pretty incredible. Now, I didn't spend a lot of time with that side of the family. My dad and uh, had a, had, he, he drew a line. He was like, we're not going to hang out with Pastor Alex and his family or any of those people. Uh, we're going to try to protect 
protect them as much. But I remember going over and, um, you know, hearing stories probably I shouldn't have heard at four or five years old, you know, or uh, seeing things that I probably shouldn't have. Uh, so all that to say, we partnered with Pastor Alex um, early last year, um, helping specifically the homeless out of, out of his church. And I just wanted to say that um, uh, Pastor Daniel did express this, I think, in our, one of our staff meetings about having an opportunity to have this outlet of where we're giving consistently as a church. And I remember having this holy burden for that and our staff. And, I'm was, and I, I just took it upon ourselves as a team. I, I said, you know, one of these Saturdays, I'm just going to show up at Pastor Alex's church. I'm going to see what it's like. I'm going to bring this to staff. And we're going to make this happen, I feel like. And um, I showed up. He didn't even know I was showing up. And we started helping and serving the poor. And what, what that led to was um, what I, I, I was starting to see is that when you say, when you hear something from a pastoral staff or pastoral leader and you take that like a vision, they're actually able to get their more vision for what God wants to deposit in them. And I remember um, when I showed up to help the homeless that day, there was so much energy in Pastor Alex um, when we started having a team show up week uh, monthly to help you. Uh, there was so much energy on, we could do this, we could do that. And it was like God had just dropped a bucket of, okay, I, I'm going to give him more vision because we're now bringing people to this. And, and fast forward, you know, helping the homeless to now helping the inner city. We're partnering now with uh, San Antonio Food Bank, and that started um, back last year in 2021. Yeah, we should have some mid-summer. pictures here showing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we've been able to partner with the San Antonio Food Bank. Right behind that white is a huge tractor trailer full of pallets and pallets of food that we're able to um, put in these families' homes by uh, providing food boxes to this community. So, so this is our setup right there yeah, with the tents. We have tents because it gets it. hot sometimes, and we kind of try to keep the cold product toward the end. Um, so we can put that into their into their their vehicles, but um, this is just like a rally, giving them vision for what we're doing to the actual community. And um, I say I say that to just help you know um, share some of the stories that we're able to meet these people in their desperate, dire need of where they're at. And sometimes um, we get to talk with them, you know, as they're waiting, and we'll, we'll ask at the very end. We don't really, we don't really ask. We just kind of say, uh, "I'm going to pray for you. Is, you know, is that okay?" And we just kind of go for it because sometimes they're like, "Well, you know, I don't, I don't know." Well, you're going to get way, a blessing, all right? You're going to get a blessing outside of just food. By the way, this is lines of cars that will show up, and then it, that next photo, they wrap around a couple of streets. Yeah, God has really given me some insight on Holy Spirit wisdom with that because I wasn't entirely sure how this was going to work out. Um, I remember talking with Mark Roy. Um, and he was telling me, you know, when you start getting consistent, you're going to get a lot of people. And I was like, what am I going to do? And I remember saying, all right, we're going to have to do four. That's whatever we can fit. And then just start wrapping around. And what's really cool is now people show up uh, before Andrew and I get there to set up at 815. And they're waiting already. Like, they know. That's the desperation that they have. Because when we go and serve that community, it's, yes, it's four, three hours of our time that we're serving for them. Um, it's three hours of not having to strategize how I'm going to eat for the week, you know, and how, how, Think how that about works. That. Yeah. It, it's powerful, you know. So um, because we put food boxes in their cars, now they can maybe have some money to pay for medication that they can probably not afford or gas. You know, one of the lowest months that we had um, was a couple of months ago or maybe maybe March when the gas started really spiking and um, somebody – uh, that was a patient of my wife's who she treats said, you know, I almost didn't make it to my 
to my appointment, and it was in that area because I didn't have enough gas to get here. So some people were actually calling in to not see a doctor because they can't make it there. And what that tells me is we might have some low months because they can't make it because of gas. But the people that do, sometimes we give them two or three boxes if they're signing up to take to a friend. So this is just some of the impact that we're able to, to make into in, in that part of the city. And it's, it's amazing because it's so close to home. So. Yeah, and, and most of us don't have to think about where we're, what we're going to where we're going to eat or what we're going to eat. We're going to just figure it out here in a minute, within the next hour, right? And then again tonight and then tomorrow morning. Um, this community doesn't have that, that level of comfort, that level of ease. So we're able to partner together with people, and, and we don't just kind of blow in and then blow out of there. We're, we're consistent for well over a year now, which I'm just so proud of you, Grace Avenue Church. Give yourselves a hand. So you're giving, you're serving, you're signing up. It's making a difference. Um, God measures our generosity. That's, a, that's the third point. God measures our generosity. He's a God of sowing and reaping. He's a, he's a principled God. 2 Corinthians 9 says, Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Okay? He measures our generosity and rewards us according to that generosity. It's just big to think about, right? I mean, I look around this room, and there are people that have given their lives to see this church become what it is literally given their lives. They are here. Some of them are single. Some of them are married. Some of them have families now. Uh, when they're not at work, they're doing something here week after week, month after month, year after year. You're resting in the blessing today of other people sowing and praying and giving and building and serving. And so in the same way, we can pour that out into people's lives that need this and make a huge difference. Um, Andrew is an amazing, great guy in more ways than I can explain, uh, unless his wife Mary Lou has something else to say about that, and I don't know about it, but from what I see, uh, he's the real deal in, in all ways, and uh, I love this man, I love everything he brings to the table, his heart, his passion from the very beginning, so you've been helping out with Pastor Alex, I connected you, yes, let's give him a hand, I connected you with Pastor Alex and said, Learn all you can from this man. Pastor Alex is a busy man, and he's here in this season with us in our church. Learn all you can from him, and just tell me about how that worked for you and maybe some stories from what you've been experiencing over the last year. Um, absolutely. <clears throat> it's definitely a pleasure, um, for one, sitting up here with you all, all of you all. Uh, Pastor Alex has, a, has a, a heart for the homeless so big that it's, it's tangible. It's contagious. You, you, you're around him long enough, you feel it. And the blessing of part of that is that's my pastor's heart. You know, and because that's my pastor's heart, and as I've been searching out the word and stuff like that, that's God's heart. And um, I just want to start off with a very impactful moment that I've had um, being there. <clears throat> there was uh, a lady, unfortunately, as Pastor Andrew said, they get there early. They beat us there. They're in line and you're talking about whether it's raining whether it's cold whether it's hot it doesn't matter they're there in line because they are desperate they need it it's not something that they have a choice about for them there is no choice in this so um we went and uh, we were getting ready said okay start coming up one car wasn't moving asked the guys what happened how come well her car died on her and she's just sitting in this driver's seat, just crying, as, as, as just pouring out, just crying, just broken. 
So I said, you know, so I went up to her. They said, you want to go talk to her? I said, absolutely. So I shot over there, went to go talk to her. I said, are you okay? She goes, my car won't start. She goes, I don't know what I'm going to do. I just lost my son. I was just diagnosed with cancer. I have no money. My car will not start. I don't know what I'm going to do. So I said, okay, well, first, let's get your car started. Went, pulled my truck up, had the other cars move out. The guys, everybody helped me out, get everything. We pulled up, got her car started. And she was just, I don't know what to do. I don't know, I don't, you know, she didn't know where to pull because her son took care of everything for her. Well, she lost her son. She didn't have anybody to help her or to, you know, to guide her or to give her. She had basically lost hope. All to say is I had an opportunity to help her. I had an opportunity to bring help and, and, and you know, to bring hope in a, a hopeless situation. She thought she was hopeless, but she wasn't. You know, we were able to pray with her. You know, by the time she left, she had a smile on her face. How she could still have a smile on her face, I have no idea. But she did. You know, I was able to be, we were able to be the hands and feet of Jesus at that moment. You know, and that is, that's, that's so powerful, you know, because that's the heart of God. You know, if you get to know the Lord, if you get into the scriptures, like Pastor Alex said, man, you, if you're going through, through the word of God, you can't help but know that God is all about the people. That's the whole reason. You know, as you do unto the least of these, as, as Pastor Daniel said, you're doing it unto him. Jesus in disguise every third Saturday is in that parking lot. Jesus in disguise. If you're doing it unto them, you're doing it unto him. You have an opportunity Hope I share, Pastor. You have an opportunity to serve the Lord every third Saturday. And that is an appointed time. You can serve him anytime. But this is an appointed time where he can actually, you know he's going to show up there every third Saturday. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. You know, when we're out there serving the people, that is the kingdom of God coming to the, to the earth. That, is, that, that gives people a glimpse of God's goodness. That gives people a glimpse of God's faithfulness. It brings hope to a hopeless situation. So Pastor Alex, Pastor Daniel, Pastor Henry, thank you all for the opportunity to be able to do this. Well, that kind of preaching, I might take off next week. Man, for sure. <laughs> Call them up. All right. Point number four. We're going to close out here in the next five minutes. God builds with our generosity. God builds with our generosity. He builds, he builds, he builds, he builds, he builds with our generosity. God said go. So we don't simply exist in this world as Christians. We build in this world. We build the kingdom of God. We partner with God alongside Whatever the Holy Spirit is doing in and through us, through our unique lives, wherever you're, wherever you're at, whatever gifts and callings are on your life, God has uniquely placed you there. Um, but in the same way, Paul explains in the New Testament, uh, he's, he actually, he's, he's reminded not to forget the poor. They say, remember the poor. This is what we ask of you. 
The great work of the gospel has been preached, but please remember the poor. And Paul says, I, I do and I, will con- I always have and I will continue to remember the poor. Not letting them be an afterthought once things are taken care of. And so, you know, we're building something on this earth together. Not just our individual lives, not just this church as, as a community, but we're building into this city when we touch lives. Um, and just, just a few things here. You don't help the poor uh, to feel better about yourself. I think it's important to say this, especially with social media being everybody's, you know, counselor these days and everybody's uh, helper. Uh, you can be convinced of things uh, that aren't always helpful. And we don't help the poor to feel better about ourselves. We go to God and we understand what he's done that changes how we feel about ourselves. You know, you don't help the poor out of obligation. No one should guilt you in this. No one's trying to guilt you into making you do something, right? You don't help the poor because you feel sorry for people. Oh, okay, well, they have less, I have more. Oh, I should do something, okay? That's what charitable organizations are for, and those are good, okay? They, they play a role. But that's not why we do this. We don't do this because we feel sorry for people or feel guilty about that we have more than someone else. We don't help the poor because celebrities or athletes or politicians tell us that we should. That's not why we help the poor. That's not why we extend our hand. We don't help the poor... Because we've made enough this week, this month, this year, and now we can spare a little. That's good. That's good. Because that's a mentality as well. Well, I'll help when I've been helped. That's not, the, that's not the heart of God. We don't help people to feel better about ourselves. We don't help people who are poor because celebrities tell us to or politicians tell us to or athletes tell us to. We don't help the poor because someone's political philosophy says that we should all have the same. Or that others have more and others don't, and that should change. That's not why we do this, no matter what anybody says. We help the poor because it pleases God the Father. We help the poor because God commands us to look after the poor, and we help the poor because when we help the poor, we're helping Jesus himself. Amen? Amen. You know, as a church, we get to do this. Yeah, let's celebrate it. As a church, it's an honor. It's an honor that we get to do this. Um, as we close here, I just want to share this story. There was a, um, an, an elderly couple that had, had pulled up mid to late 70s the last time I was there, and we were giving them some food. And um, Pastor Henry reached out and said, hey, is there anything we can pray for? And the look in her eyes with desperation, she said, oh, please, if you could please pray for us. And he said, what specifically? She said, pray for our finances, pray for our health, there have been so many things that have just been going wrong and we're alone in our, our old age. And the man reached for the bag that Henry was handing him and his hand was shaking like this. He could barely lift his own hand just to pick up the bag of free food that was coming to him. And here's this woman saying, please pray for our health. Like when you encounter opportunities like this, look at what we get to do. That's right. A spare moment of our life, three hours out of a day. And, you know, and i got to be honest, it discourages me, discourages me sometimes. And I'll ask Pastor Henry, hey, how many do we have signed up? And he says, we have three. How many weeks do we have left? Well, we got about two weeks to go. Two weeks will go by. How many do we have left? It's the last week. Well, we got five signed up. What's wrong with us? What's wrong with the church? Think about this. As long as I've been in ministry, as long as I've been in church life, the stat across the, the Western church has been the same. 20% of the people who belong to a church actually financially support it. 
and 80% give nothing. This is from the richest church to the poorest church. So when people say, what is the church doing? Where is the church? Shouldn't the church be here? My question is, where are the Christians and their resources to make all these things happen? 80% of us. We got to make some changes, guys. We've got to see the city the way God sees the city. We've got to see people the way God sees people. Amen? Well, I pray that that word blessed you. If you'd like to know more about Grace Avenue Church or want to know more about how to be a part of what God has called us to here in the city of San Antonio, or if you'd like to sow financially into our vision and mission, please visit us online at graceavenuechurch.com. Thanks so much for listening. We hope to see you soon.